You're listening to the Silicon Valley Podcast. On today's show, we sit down with the host of the Silicon Valley Podcast, Sean Flynn. Yes, I'm interviewing myself today. It's the 100th episode. I know I didn't think we'd get this far, and I'm actually amazed and I'm excited about the future too. The questions, nothing prepared. I'm just kind of going to go off the top of my head and kind of say some stories of some of the last 100 episodes, why I created this podcast, what I'm up to now, what I plan on doing in the future. Thanks, everyone, and let's start the show. Enjoy. Welcome to the Silicon Valley Podcast with your host, Sean Flynn, who interviews famous entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, and leaders in tech. Learn their secrets and see tomorrow's world today. All right, so it's been 100 episodes, and the first thing a lot of people ask me is, Sean, why did you even start a podcast? Well, the story goes back to, I lived overseas for about eight years. In that time, I lived in Costa Rica, China, Europe, back in China. I got to travel to many countries, and every place I went, I would meet people, and when I would tell them where I'm from, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, their eyes would light up. They were so excited, they were so amazed, and they would have so many questions for me. You know, is it true about the technology there? Is it true if you start a company, you get funded? Is it true there's always opportunity and all these things? And this area is so magical. And when I came back here, I did get involved in the startup ecosystem. I worked for an angel group for a while. I worked for an incubator focused on artificial intelligence with locations all around the world. And when I was there, the startups I was working with, I was getting the same questions over and over again, all to do with Silicon Valley. The companies were asking for introductions to lawyers, to accountants, to improve their pitch decks, for pitch coaching, all these things. And I thought about it and I knew startups from around the world were asking the same questions. And instead of just making introductions for these few companies, I wanted to actually partly save myself some time, but I wanted to create this reference library that anyone in the world could access. So I started doing interviews. And at first it wasn't a podcast. In fact, at first it was a public access TV show on KMVT 15. And the show caught on. I was in 28 cities towards the end. I did 46 episodes total. But in that time, I got the opportunity to start a podcast on a podcast network, a very famous podcast network, one that I'm still in contact with the owner to this day, and I'm very excited to have that opportunity. And when I was there, or first, I got introduced, I reached out to them, had a conversation, and I did 32 episodes, I believe, for them. And in that time, I got to interview some amazing people. One of them, I mean, some of the stories I have today, I remember when I was interviewing Melanie Perkins, founder of Canva. The interview had to be at least 45 minutes long. The reason for that is because there's three commercial breaks. And 24 minutes in, we're done with all the questions. And I'm just looking, going, okay, we need to fill some time. And I'm brainstorming with Melody Perkins on questions I should ask to fill up some base. And it was just incredible. But that's just one of many stories. But back to the whole history of the podcast. After about 32 episodes, I rebranded to what we currently know now as the Silicon Valley podcast and have been going ever since. I've pretty much done one a week, except for with the pandemic, I did take several months off, but now I'm back at it. And some of the guests I have lined up are incredible. Looking back at some of the people I've gotten the chance to interview, I mean, I remember I got to interview George Gammon when he had something like 10,000 followers on YouTube. Now he has close to 400,000. 
I remember when I got the chance to interview Jim McKelvey, co-founder of Square. And it was really funny because for the first seven minutes of that interview, the microphones weren't working. None of the equipment was working. I was freaking out. But the whole time he just stayed calm and said, Sean, I blocked off the hour whenever you're ready. Now, I remember when I was interviewing Osama Bader, the CEO of Point, the interview was supposed to be an hour. We blocked that off. His stories were amazing. We're going two hours into the interview. Some of his employees were knocking on the door, trying to enter to ask him questions, trying to get him to go to other meetings that he had on the calendar, but he waved them off. He wanted to finish the interview. He wanted to finish his stories, which were amazing. And to this day, still people approach me and say, hey, Sean, remember that interview with Osama? Remember when he said this story? I remember, gosh, there's just so many good memories of all the people I got to meet and am going to meet, I'm sure. And what I think really separates this podcast from many others out there is the level of connection between myself and the guest. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of podcasts where I really feel that the host just does everything on the whim, just says, okay, we will just play it by ear, have the guests on the show, and then they just talk. Whereas for myself, I ask all my guests, hey, I'd like to have a pre-screen call where we go over questions, potential, find out about each other for a half hour to an hour. Then I create a question set. Then I send it to get approval. And it's just a general outline question set. Then we have the interview and then the editing. But even before that, I mean, I do research, a lot of research on everyone I interview. You'd be surprised how many books I have from the people I've had as my guests. I've read Steve Richards, his book, Steve Hoffman. I think I've read two or three of his books. I just finished Elisa Cohen. Her interview is going to be going live soon. Her book, absolutely amazing. Sandy Spielberg read her book. Piero Scarufi. I mean, the list goes on and on. Joe, no middle name, Sienski. I'm just amazed how many people of my, that I've interviewed have had books, have had me interview them either right before their books have come out, their book launch. Avram Miller, just a few weeks ago, I got a pre-order copy of his book 30 days in advance and was able to read the whole thing. And his interview was absolutely amazing. I learned so much. Even more, I would say something that I'm very lucky to get is that pre-screen time with the guests. Also, the day of the interviews, I get to talk to them normally 15 minutes before we start recording. And then sometimes 30 minutes after we're done recording, sometimes even longer. And I get to ask all these questions that as bad as it sounds, that the audience doesn't get to hear when it's just casual conversation. It's a lot of those conversations are actually the best. And I wish they could be recorded. I wish they could be shared. But normally it's, hey, this is off the record, right? Hey, you're not recording. Okay, this is my thoughts on this. This is my thoughts on that. And it's absolutely amazing some of the information I've heard. Another funny story I just thought of right now was with Crystal McKellar. When I interviewed her, I did it in an office and I was telling everyone, oh, I'm about to interview someone famous. And Crystal was next to me with us saying, hey, she's a celebrity, everyone, everyone I'm interviewing a celebrity. And then she turned to me and she's like, Sean, how'd you know I was a child celebrity? I was like, what? And I found out she was on The Wonder Years and that her older sister was Winnie Cooper on The Wonder Years. And I said, I didn't know that. I just tell everyone I'm interviewing that they're celebrities. And it was really cool because that interview, Winnie Cooper retweeted the link for the interview. So that was a nice little 
amazing moment. But there's been so many great results from this podcast as well. Sitting down and learning and picking the brains of some of these successful people have really given me insight into the way that some of the most well successful, wealthiest people in the world think. And what I mean by that is when I was interviewing back to Jim McKelvey, I was freaking out that the mics weren't working. He was completely calm. There was other people that I've interviewed where I thought I was messing up big. They didn't get emotional. They didn't change temper or anything. Another thing I learned was some of these very, very, actually not some, I'd say almost everyone I've had on my show. One characteristic that I really noticed that separated them was how quickly they were able to build rapport, how quickly they were able to connect and to make you feel like you really knew them. I mean, some of these people, you know, Bob Carr, Steve Hoff, all of them, they would say my name repeatedly in these interviews. Sean this, Sean that. Well, you know, Sean. And I was like, Bob, we've only talked once before this. You know, Axel Schutz, we've only talked once before this. And the way you, you talk, it's like we've known each other for years. And then I also noticed how close people around them at companies were. And what I mean by that is I interviewed Scott Kearns, co-founder of Juniper Networks. His team there at the location where I recorded the interview, all of them, all they said was praises about him. They were so happy. They're like, oh, we love working here. You know, Scott's the best. And you could really see how excited they were to be around him. And you could see how appreciative he was of them, thanking them for the bagel that they brought us and just going, oh, wow, this is really great. This is something. So that's one thing I noticed. Another thing I noticed with all the people I interviewed was when they told their stories, their past of their companies, anytime things went wrong, they always said, I, you know, I messed this up. I did this wrong. And every time they were talking about good things, they always said we or the company or the employees or they never took any of the credit. And I thought that was really interesting. They accepted all the blame, took none of the praise, gave all the credit to others. That stuck with me. Another thing was how much all these people were are lifetime learners. And it was obvious by everything I was doing, they were asking me questions. Why do you set up the mics like that? Why do you do this? Why do that? Who else have you interviewed? What questions did you ask them? What were some of the things that they told you that you liked? What other podcasts do you listen to? They kept asking me so many questions. Every one I've interviewed, almost as if I was the one being interviewed. And that's stuck with me. Another thing is they all are able to tell stories and really capture your attention. And these traits and some of the other things I noticed, you know, just staying on the topic of what I've noticed about the people I've interviewed and how I would say it separates them from the average person that you'll meet every day, other than telling stories, other than taking none of the credit and all the blame, other than managing their temper, managing stress, other than saying people's names and telling amazing stories and lifelong learners, a lot of traits, quick with responses. And I mean, this goes back, I'd say, being an amazing speaker, but there were definitely times when I thought, okay, I'm going to ask this question. It's not on the list. And it's going to throw them for a loop. They're going to be confused. They would pause, go, that's a good question. And then they would answer it. That always surprised me how they weren't even trained. They had no idea it was coming. It was just, they're so good at compiling their thoughts and putting that picture out there. 
that anything that came their way, it was nothing. I talked a little bit about some of the things I noticed when I was interviewing people. I shared a couple of stories. I shared a little bit about how excited I was about why I started the podcast. I guess here's some things about the goals for the podcast. So we've done 100 episodes. I definitely plan on doing 100 more and who knows after that. But up until now, it's been kind of passive. And what I mean by that is I'll record the interview, I'll edit it. I have Joseph who helps me out editing the audio. Then I post it on social media once and then that's pretty much it. Moving forward, my wife, Michelle, is going to help me out. We're going to put some effort in actually marking these episodes, really building up the audience because I'm not sure. It's just the content is so amazing and I know it's helping people because I get emails. I've gotten emails from Cameroon, from Kenya, Mongolia, from Thailand, the Philippines. I've gotten emails from quite a number of countries where, or residents in countries where they said, hey, I'm a fan. I've listened to that, your podcast. And I implemented that one thing Brett Sher now did, or Ravi Balani, or SC Mawadi, or the list goes on. Just one of my guests, what they said on your show impacted me. I'm using that information for my startup to look at companies to invest in, just to do something where it's made a difference. And I go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I mean, when you wake up and you get an email in your inbox that says something like that, someone in a developing country used your information and it's helping them fulfill their dream, it makes you feel pretty awesome. You, know, you, you definitely smile for the, the rest of the day, tell people about it, smile a little bit more, and then wait a week and then think about it and smile some more. It's a perpetual good feeling. And I really want to take this to the next level and get more of those, get those not once every other day or so, but get those where the inbox is just overflowing. The Twitter feed is overflowing. The LinkedIn requests are over. Just all these people around the world just saying, this has made a difference. And I think it's possible. I think the content's amazing. I think the guests are incredible. The guests we have lined up, oh my gosh. We're talking the who's who. We're having a great partnership with the Intel Alumni Network. We have several interviews there that are lined up. And I mean, if you look at the past of Intel, those people that have gone through that company, they're some incredible people. And we're going to have a lot of them on our show. I have a great relationship right now with Sapien and Impact Hub in Menlo Park. We're doing once a month live events there. They've introduced me to some people that are changing the world and those interviews. So right now I do a once a month interview that's focused on impact. Some of the people that have been interviewed recently have been Steve Snyder. He was a former CEO of Zap. He raised a billion dollars. He's now the CEO of Better Homes for the Homeless. I interviewed Vanessa, who's the CEO of Love Never Fails, who's changing the world through AI and helping people. The good she's doing is incredible. The mindset, the improvement there, when I interviewed Chucky Okobi, who you know, the interview was the Super Bowl mindset, that was incredible. Hearing a former NFL Super Bowl champion the center, you know, the big guy on the field. Talk about mindset. He's another one that the moment the interview was done, I went out, got some books he recommended and, and just started reading. Some, I mean, I can't even tell you how much knowledge I've gotten from these people. Dr. Nicholas 
Dimatriadis, the whole artificial intelligence marketing in your mind. Another Bob Hoffman, the marketing and AI. Some of these people are just telling me stuff that is going to happen in the future. That's well, that's happening now. But Jonathan Recatel talking about smart cities and the interconnections with 5G technology, with autonomous cars. And you're just seeing five years in the future today through all these people's minds. And another thing that's been really cool about this podcast is, yes, I've gotten to know a lot of these people for the podcast, but I've gotten to stay in touch with so many after. I mean, just recently, Sam Wong, who I interviewed twice now, his second interview is coming out soon. But yeah, I watched a movie in the backyard with his family. Me and my wife went over there not too long ago. Jonathan Recatel, I interviewed him. We still talk. There's Connor Riley. God, he was episode 17 or something like that. I had a call with him literally an hour ago. Tim Bigwood. I interviewed him. He's one of the, my first guests. And I'm in talks with him right now and seeing if I can help his company out. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I really think about all the people that I've interviewed, just about all of them. I had a follow-up dinner with, coffee with, another meeting. I exchanged emails. I mean, look at Sharon Vosmick. She's coming to an event where I'm doing a live interview this Friday. That's actually at the Saving Impact Hub. I'm now an advisor at Ostia Angels, which is the angel group that she's the CEO of. And they're doing amazing things with investing in women, minority-led companies, startups. I got to be on other people's podcasts as well because of this. I mean, Nick Hughes, I was a guest on his podcast. That was a lot of fun. I've probably guessed it on maybe 50 podcasts by now. Yeah, I'd say about 50. Chris Kurt, I was a guest on his podcast. He was a guest on mine. That was a lot of fun. And it's also so cool when you learn about all this technology. Like I didn't know about the payment systems for collegiate athletes. Now I do. I didn't know about the blockchain making micro bonds possible. But when I interviewed Ben, the former mayor of Berkeley, he talked about it and he was the champion for California. I think he runs the blockchain committee for the state. All these people tell me what they're working on and so many things that, yes, sometimes I'm confused, but, and then it was kind of cool too, because some people that I was already connected with before, I got the honor to have them on my show and say what they're going to be working on. So it was just me interviewing a friend already. I mean, Sean Randolph, I've known him for a long time from the Bay Area Council. And I guess another cool thing is having contacts all over the world. Thelma Ekier, Nicole Yembra in Nigeria. I interviewed them. Both of them have invited me to meet up. And I even gotten to be on webinars with them. I got so many opportunities also outside from listeners of the show. I got to be on a panel in the Caribbeans in Trinidad and Tobago. I've gotten to be the moderator for the Asian Americans of the Year Awards. I've gotten to be the moderator for a culture event, uh, the Korean Organization Trade Relationship Association. I've gotten to be judge at many events. I've gotten many, many speaking opportunities from this, from fans that have said, hey, could you talk on tech? Could you talk on the relationships between governments and incubators and accelerators? 
or talks on how to run an incubator, how to organize an accelerator, how to raise capital for companies, lots of things. A lot of people here, they have no idea what I actually do during the day when I'm not a host of a podcast. Well, for that, I'm actually an investment banker. I know, right? That's not what you'd expect to hear. So I work with mid-market companies, mergers and acquisitions, growth capital, secondaries. So what are any of those? So say if a company wants to get acquired, we'd run a process for them from creating the marketing materials to creating the data room to finding the investors list, going out, reaching out to them, starting the conversations, managing the whole process during the quiet period, due diligence, all the way to where the money's transferred, or maybe a company wants to raise some capital, acquire some other companies, roll them up, and then get bought out by who knows, family officers or whoever. I mean, we can facilitate all that. So that's actually what I do during the day is investment banking. And I love it. I get to same companies, same people. I get to sit down with the most interesting people all day and just learn what they're doing, pick their brains, kind of see their vision, hear their story, share it with, with others. So podcasting has actually really helped me with my career. A lot of people have actually said, hey, Sean, wondered what I do during the day because they actually think podcasting is my full-time career, which I think that's a compliment. That means I must be doing a good job. But you know, when I say no, it's actually investment banking. A lot of them are surprised. I, I think there's a lot of ba- investment bankers that like to have conversations, like to talk, like to learn. So I, I think it's not, it shouldn't be that surprising, but I guess it kind of is. With that, I also want to say that there's going to be so much more good content coming. And it's going to expand a little bit more. Yes, we interviewed Sherry Haskell on cannabis before, but that's growing even more in Silicon Valley and the US. So we'll probably have some experts in that and all the technology that goes along with it, drones, ag tech, IoT sensors, you name it. We're going to have more people talk about mental wellness of startup founders. That was brought up quite a bit this last year, which I was very surprised. I mean, when the CEO of Flow Water talked about it, okay. But then another, I remember Elsna talked about it and Sam Wong talked about it. And the list kept going on and on with everyone talking about the mental wellness of startup founders. And to be honest, you don't really hear about that anywhere. We're going to cover that kind of the mindset of founders of companies. We're definitely going to talk more. You know, later stage mid-market companies, we'll talk about more of transaction events. That's going to be very interesting. We didn't really talk to any private equity guys up till now or guys that ran family offices. I think those are important to cover. So basically what I'm saying is we've talked autonomous cars, we've talked artificial intelligence, blockchain, smart cities. We've talked med tech, we've talked fintech, DeFi, we've talked the list goes on and on. And we're even going to expand it and talk more. And we're going to bring in a lot of global guests that have been successful in many countries. When I say many countries, we're going to interview one guy soon in about two months. CEO of three companies, one in Japan, one in China, one in the US. Pretty awesome. We're going to interview people that have taken multiple companies public. 
And we're going to dissect the entire process to share that knowledge with everyone around the world. And hopefully, one of the things I also really want to do this next year, if we're allowed, is I want to do a little roadshow. I want to take this podcast, travel overseas, and interview some people. I don't want this to be countries that most people would think of when they think of entrepreneurism, when they think of a startup ecosystem. I want this to be emerging countries. I want this to be those areas. I interviewed a lot of people in some places that, well, if you listen to the show, you would know. Yeah, like Chief Klein. She's uh, focused on the Southeast Asia. We're going to get some updates there. Ah, well, I've dropped enough names. I'd like to thank Scott Kearns, who I interviewed, Aman Johar. I want to thank Raymond Chen, who also thank you for having me as the moderator of the Asian American Entrepreneur of the Year Award. I got to thank Jerry Ross, who I can't even say how many intros he's made for me. Just a rock star. Prasoon Mishra, who is saving lives every day. I got to thank James Urich. I have to thank Stig Raz, Kelly Cohn, Andreas Ramos, who is another person I'm going to see this Friday. Brett Sharanow has been in multiple episodes. Sunil Ranka. I, gosh, I even did 10 episodes with just him on the side. Fantastic guy. Shmuel Silverman, Jeff Thomas at NASTEC, Brian Smith from Red Crow, Arvon Fosley. Jonathan Trent, Thomas Coughlin, Sam Leong, Michael Cole, Patrick Lee, Gregory LeBlanc, John McNulty, Alan Tien. Alan Tien literally got me my first five interviews. He's the one that introduced Patrick Lee to me. He introduced so many people, so thank you, Alan. Paul Martin, Piero Scruffy, Melanie Perkins. I also have to thank, well, Going the opposite direction now with the list. Let's see, I said Bob Carr, Tim Allison, screw the naysayers. I have to catch up with him. I know he's got some great news. Mark Briggeroff, David Bates, Jenny Huang, Helen Pastorino, Sam Floyd, Max Shapiro, Paul Combs, Daniel Scrivener, Daniel Edwards, Juan Kit Lau, Mark Wilser, Alma Nagesh. Shiva Kintali, Steve Barnett, Lisa Mendoza, Craig Allen, and everyone else I, I'm sure I already mentioned before. Gosh, and and I got some more people to thank. I got to thank everyone that made so many intros. So Alan T and I mentioned him, but Christina Kumar, Roger King, who I also interviewed. I can't, I'm not sure why I didn't say his name in the list. Roger King. Ron Sherrington. Ron Sherrington has made so many intros. That guy's a rock star. Thank you, Ron. Ron Horry as well. James Cape. Well, he, I'm going to interview him him soon, but he's he's leading up the whole Intel alumni group network. Thank you, James. I also got to thank some my sound engineer, James Stone, who's been editing these, along with Joseph K, who's edited so many. I mean, he's just been a rock star doing the social media post. Iris Yoon. I also have to thank TJ, Sindhu, everyone else has volunteered time to help out. But back to the people that have made intros. I got to thank you guys. Michael Ballesteri. 
that's a lot of people have asked me how I've gotten in touch with some of these rock stars. And my only answer really is, well, someone I know made an intro. Someone I know opened up their Rolodex, went to their LinkedIn, and they said, hey, I know this person. Would you like to interview them? So if it wasn't for basically all of my friends and everyone helping me out, we couldn't have this show. I have to thank all of you. I've thanked the guests. I've thanked people that made intros. I have to thank the audience. I have to thank everyone that comments. Gosh, there's a lot of people that make comments and support this show every week. There's not to go into too many names. I just want to thank you guys. And guys just make me feel good. (laughs) Anthony Lee, Brian Sparks, everyone that consistently always gives me thumbs up on my post. And it's kind of weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, there's just so many people that have really helped out. Thank you guys. Del Christensen, anyone that I did not mention, thank you guys for everything. I think everyone knows who you are. I think everyone knows who I can't say enough thank yous. Charlie Chen. Yeah. My Nguyen. Roland. I could literally be here for the rest of the night. I'm going to say one big thank you again to everyone. Thank you for helping me create this show, the Silicon Valley podcast. I look forward to continuing to create great content for everyone. And we will. And the next 100 episodes are going to be amazing. I look forward to creating them and sharing the wisdom and knowledge here in Silicon Valley with the rest of the world. And with that, if anyone has enjoyed this, please go on iTunes. Please go on any podcast platform and give it a five-star rating or the highest rating possible. Please share this with your network and please write a quality review, something that will make me smile. If you need any investment banking help or anything like that, please also contact me. My LinkedIn, my Twitter, everything is just my name, Sean, S-H-A-W-N-F-L-Y-N-N-S-V. So that SV for Silicon Valley, so Sean Flynn SV. And with that, I look forward to talking to everyone next week. All right, guys. Have a good night. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Silicon Valley Podcast. To access our resources, visit us at thesiliconvalleypodcast.com and follow our host on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Sean Flynn SV. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decisions, consult a professional.